I am thrilled to announce that Enactor Despairs is partnering with a wonderful CBD company called Kind Farms. Everyone out there has heard of CBD. I started taking it a few years ago when I first started getting sober and to help with my anxiety. Sadly, as one can do, I was overtraining in the gym, and a friend recommended a topical and a tincture to help with the pain. I tried it. It was okay. However, recently, I was introduced to a product that has really changed my life. Not only has it helped me with anxiety, but I am stronger than I have ever been. I'm able to carry out lifts my body used to prevent me from doing. Kind Farm products have single-handedly changed my life athletically and personally. They utilize 100% local licensed farmers, organic cultivation, and CO2 extraction for superior CBD. Kind Farms is turning CBD to a kind alternative to pharmaceuticals. Let's transform tobacco row into hemp row. If you want to get involved, please reach out. Together, we can make a difference. You can use my code RYAN10 for 10% off. You can find them on Instagram at Kind Farms Inc. All one word. That's K I N D P H A R M S I N C. And their website is kindfarmsinc.com. Once again, my code for 10% off is Ryan10. And now, let's get started with today's show. Welcome to An Actor Despairs. I'm your host, Ryan Perez. Today on An Actor Despairs, we have a very special international episode with one of my favorite Danish talents, Amanda Collin. Amanda just crushed in a movie called A Horrible Woman. You have to check it out. And if you've ever been in a relationship, it really hits the nerve. She's got a great show on HBO Max called Raised by Wolves, produced and directed by Ridley Scott. Amanda, I got so much love for you and your future is going to be amazing. Here it is. Amanda Collin, welcome to An Actor Despairs. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm good. It's so great to have you on. Like well, that thanks film. For having me. Oh, it means a lot. You know, I, 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 HBO Max doing original content was cool. So I love Ridley Scott and Raised by Wolves. But a horrible woman, you know, is the translation in America, right? I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I absolutely love that film because. You know, I'm sure, as we all have, had relationships where you do the move-in thing and the nuances and, and all the uh, the bizarre quirks that you have as you start to adjust with that new life with someone. I've never seen a film just capture that so accurately. <laughs> yeah, you it's know? pretty accurate, right? It's so accurate. It's like I've been both characters in so many situations. It was like I felt like I was like someone took like moments, like vignettes from my life. I was like... Oh man, it was am- you were so amazing in that, and oh, and I've heard so much you. about you. And I know you did a lot of amazing work in the theater world there. But before we dig in, let's start from the beginning. So you grew up in Denmark. I grew up in Denmark, born and raised. Yep. I have, How was that? Uh, I mean, I didn't know anything else. Yeah, so for me, it was pretty good. Yeah. What did your parents do? Um, my mom's a school teacher and my dad worked in something like dad stuff that I didn't, never understood until he was retired. Wow. Something with equipment for boats, I think. Oh, very cool. Mm, so did you get to yeah, go on boats very. a lot? Um, no, 
they kind of, I have two older sisters and they kind of grew up on boats a lot. But when I was born, um, we got a summer house instead. I think. Amazing. So yeah, pretty amazing. So then talk to me what, with your parents, not really being in the arts, how did the arts bug happen for you? Um, I started, there was like this play, um, when I was in school, like in primary school, there's, you can sign up for doing the plays and that was so much fun. I remember. And I was like, I want to be an actress. And then it takes a while from yeah. that feeling. And then you sort of become a teenager and you're like, ah, oh, I can't. And I should have started when I was a kid and all these weird thoughts. So I was, I ended up being 23 before I uh, applied for uh, William Esper studio in New York, actually. Oh, you came to New York. Esper's great. I came to New York. Yes. Wow. Esper is amazing. Who, who were your you, teachers? Uh, Suzanne Esper. Oh, did you have Terry yeah. Knickerbocker? No, he was in the room next uh, to us. Terry was on the show. He's a friend. He's a great guy. Oh, he is? Yeah, yeah. yeah I was yeah. always really terrified meeting him in the hallways because he's really good. <laughs> yeah. So what I'm curious, and when you were applying for theater schools, obviously, you know, I, I imagine L.A. and then like London and other ones, what made you decide on Esper? Uh, I, I never went that far. I think it was just, um, so when you wanted to be an actress for so long, yeah. I couldn't explain where it came from. And often when I spoke to people like, Oh, I want to be an actress. People are like, okay, so what have you, what have you done about it? And the truth was that I hadn't done anything because I was too terrified to even open the door into acting because what if I, hated it what if i sucked what if i like all these fears were behind that door you know and so uh yeah it took me a while to open that door and that little door was the summer intensive at william esper studio wow because that was like six weeks and i could afford it and it was away from home so i didn't really apply to any schools before that one and and was that experience you feel like that was really where you felt like this is it. This is my yeah. Problem. After two weeks, I was like, I found home. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. That's so yeah. great. And so, were, while you were here, were you able to like see some cool theater as well? Well, yeah. Also, you're pretty much on a budget when you're yeah, in yeah. So uh, I did watch um, Mark Rylands. That was a big, oh. um, big experience. In the, in um, the park? In the Moliere. He did a Moliere on Broadway. Oh, wow. And so I just remember there was like 20 minutes. It opened up with him just speaking in verse for 20 minutes. And I was like. That's amazing. And yeah. so then after the six-week intensive, what was your move? No, I stayed there for two two years. I, oh, you I stayed for You did the two-year. Got it. Yep. Yep. Wow. I did what? because I was like, I have to do this and I have to do it now. And my mom, she was always obviously she was like, Well, come home and do it the Danish way and you get the contacts and blah blah blah. And I was like, Are you kidding me? Uh the Danish education started in February and this was the summer intensive. So I was like, That's in six months. I can't wait that long. This one yeah. starts in August. So I started in New York. And were you really happy with your training there? 
so happy. So, yeah. so happy. I mean, I really feel like uh, the teachers were so good and passionate and I have an amazing toolbox from that place. Obviously you always build on when you get out. Um, but I would say my foundation and also the values of who you are as an actor. I think I learned a lot from being at Esper. Yeah. You know, kind of sense. like no ego because people don't want to see you. Yeah. See the character, all of that stuff. And just lots of uh, good mottos, really. That's beautiful. That I and use I'll, every day. Yeah. I'll, I'm curious when, you know, coming from Copenhagen, did you have an idea of like New York being this theater epicenter and LA being the Hollywood film TV? Like if it's, if you're going to go the binary route, like, did you know that? And, and did you choose New York intentionally because you were interested in theater or did it just work out kind of? I think, uh, yeah, I'm not that deep. <laughs> I didn't go, I didn't that far. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, the, the Esper came up because my boyfriend at the time had a friend who studied there and was really happy about it. And yeah, I don't know. I'd been to New York because uh, I was a model when I was 15. Got it. And so I kind of I knew New York a little bit. And I, it wasn't in my intention at all to go there to get work. I mean, my intention yeah. was just to go and try out acting. And then and this seemed like a good way in a summer in New York. And I had some friends that lived in New York at the time. So, I mean, it was... You know, win-win. And then I just fell in love with the place and fell in love with the teachers. And yeah, and it felt very right. So I just went with it without thinking so much. And I know a lot of studios have various rules about auditioning while studying. Were you auditioning or were you not? No, you no. They were also very strict about that. And I think it's such a good thing. I mean, I did one film when I was home uh, between year one and year two. And I suck so, because you rip everything apart, you know? You're yeah. just, like, so confused during those years. Totally. <laughs> and um, I wanted to say, I think it's such a good uh, thing to encourage people not to um, audition or do anything in those years that you educate yourself, because life is long. Like, yeah. educate yourself and then do shit after, or, totally. you know? But... Um, and that's an important lesson in itself, I think, and a lesson that I think you do not understand when signing up for acting school. You're just like, when can I get that? When can I get work? Yeah. And I'm so happy about that lesson because now I'm like, well, everything that's kind of fallen into my hat so far, I've been ready for at the time when I've gotten it. Yeah. Like this part, I'm almost 35 now, and I would never have been able to play it the way that I have done now before. So yeah, why would I wait for something like this when I was 23? And then yeah. you have people that have another journey and that are totally ready for it when they're younger, yeah. you know? 
compare and despair. You know, you can't really compare yourself yeah. to other people's careers. And so then was that when you did do that film between the two year program, was that a fun experience of like using all the tools that you learned in that first year and applying them? No, because I think it took, it was a horrible experience. I think it took, uh, it took me a couple of years actually to be able to apply and to let stuff sink in and to kind of know what I had learned and not to be in school while you were also working. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like not to do an assignment when you go to work, but sort of just like mix yourself with everything you've learned. Like that's a process as well. And I think for me, it took, maybe three years after school to kind of like finding that balance of like how to be myself, but also having learned different things and what worked for me, endless courses as well. Just like keep, keep specializing and keep yeah. being bad. You know, every time you take a course in something, I'm like a cat being dragged into the room because they're like, yeah. oh, no, here we go again. My name is Amanda. <laughs> you know, and you're like, oh, God. Cause, and I think that's very common in human race, actually, just to every time we've learned something, you're like, oh, okay, great. I'm good at this now. I'm in this box. I, I feel I, I have, like, a worth now because I can do this or I've learned this thing or whatever. Well, I think that's the beauty of being able to fall on your face. And I say that with beauty, you know, you got to like come in and, and, exactly. and take that leap. Yeah. But it's so, so then, hard. It's so hard and still hard. You yeah. know, it's, like, it's hard every time. And that's what's so fun about being alive is because um, one of the great things that Suzanne always used to say is, well, like uh, leap in the net will appear, you know? Yeah. And it's such a good reminder to just like go out and just be bad. Go out and just do it. Yeah, yeah. Make make choices. Fall and learn from it and move forward. Learn from it, or and also and who cares? Who cares? And yeah, you know, and you suck. And who cares? Totally. Like I learn more (laughs) from my bad auditions than I do from my good ones. You know what I mean? Exactly. Well, I'm I'm never trying that again. But I'm glad I did it. You know? Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. So then yeah. when when you graduated primary, I know sometimes they have showcases built in. Did Esper have a showcase built in for you guys? No, they didn't. I, okay. I was actually in the process of, of making my own uh, showcase with a bunch of people from my class. But um, for a couple of reasons, it ended up not happening. Okay. But maybe it's still a good idea. Maybe I could still do it. Yeah. Rooftop I, I theater. Yeah, I've I've rented out so many black boxes in my time and done plays. So then did you stay in New York after the two years or did you go back? Yeah, there was like a half a year of uh, half a year worth of visa. And then I had to go. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I did some I didn't do any theater, but I did some fun courses. There was this great place in Brooklyn called Third Ward. Yeah, I know it well. Remember that? Yeah, I live in Brooklyn. Yeah. 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 Third Ward was amazing. Yeah, Uh, yeah. It was this place where you could just go and hang out and play, and I took editing courses and just, I don't know, trying to understand other things as well. (laughs) 
And and so when you did have to go back, what like you know? Because I feel like this as this show has gotten bigger. You know, we had a lot of American listeners, but now we have international for both the international audience and the American audience. Can you kind of explain the the Danish landscape of how to break in? Because I think in in America, it's like you got to get this agent and this agent's got to get you auditions. And then you got to get either a TV or a film or a theater agent and keep auditioning until you book something. Is it essentially the same there or is it a little bit different? I mean, Denmark is a a little smaller. We're about 5 million people. Yeah. So people, people kind of know you uh, from the very beginning. I think, I think it's important to find out what kind of actor you want to be. And yeah. what and how you want to do it. I mean, because there, there are so many opinions and so many do's and don'ts all the time. And I could have easily trying to uh, get an American agent and wanting to do all that. But truth is, like, I, if I just, I think I came up with like after two or three years of doing courses uh, and just trying to perfect my craft because I mean, perfecting your craft after 10 years, you will have to have something in your toolbox that works. Yeah. And if it doesn't work, you should find something else to do, you know, because yeah. then people don't pick up on it and then, okay, put a lid on that dream and then just move on because yeah, we have, we all have many talents, you know? And Ooh. so, um, I also try to be like, oh, and I should go this, and it's important with network and blah, blah, blah. But after two and a half years, three years in Denmark, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to try and make people want me. Yeah, I know I'm good at this shit. Yeah. And if they don't see it, then that's it. I can't force people to want to look at me. If people Which is where most actors me, go wrong. Because that's all they try to do, you know? Like, I love that. Yeah, so, um, and then when the forcing stops and you stop wanting things, as it is, you start getting stiff stuff, yeah. And so you started working in theater. I started working in theater. Yes, I did. I, uh, there was this one theater that's very, very good. And they had an open audition, whereas people are always like, oh, you can't do theater in Denmark if you don't have a Danish education. But they had an audition, and I got the part. That's amazing, to be a company that, player? Yeah. Wow. And how was that yeah. experience? Amazing, because yeah. the truth was I've never done a play before, like a full-length uh-huh. play. So, and I didn't tell that at the other so the first time, so the first yeah. time we had to do a play, I was like, how, how, what do I do? <laughs> really. Well, you're an amazing talent and that's what we do. We fake it till we make it. So was that fake a really good, was that, would you almost say that was another training in in itself doing these plays, you know? So much, like so yeah. much, like you just say like, experience is the best school ever yeah. and theater you just become so good because ah you do it and stuff happens and you live through it and then you have to do it all over and yeah. sometimes in two hours you know so yeah. um so it's such a you really build that muscle i'd say theater is so good for that and also so good at um working your inner critic 
Yeah. That inner critic starts to like back off and you just start going on that stage night after night and trying out stuff. And like one That's night you like ah, cry and then people come in. That was so good. And you were like, yeah, did you see that? no, we didn't see you crying. And I was like, okay, maybe tomorrow I should start. Like maybe just do like, ah, but not <laughs> and let me see how that works. And then people go like, Oh, ah, didn't cry. You know? Yeah. So, um, that's such a good school of theater, I would say. That's amazing. And I imagine, you know, because Scandinavian countries have so many amazing film markets, you know, like Sweden, I love this square, and Forest Majeure. One of my favorite directors is Danish, Martin De Thera. I'm sure I'm totally butchering the proper pronunciation of that, but, you no, know, no, I love... I, I, I really love his work and I've like worshipped his body of like all the music videos and shorts that he's done. So Amazing. when you were doing yeah. these theaters, uh, sorry, when you were doing these plays at these theaters, did a lot of casting and agents start coming to discover you? Yes. And I think, look, my career has been really um, weird so far. I always feel like I've, I've gotten things that I wasn't in line for. Like hmm. I've always gotten um, a play where I was like, why am I getting this? Like there are others that are way better than that should get this part. Like, because after a year at the ensemble at the Mongol pack, it's called the very good theater that I got, I quit because I was like, I want to try something else. And then I got pregnant wow. and my mom, she was like, are you, kidding me you quit and then you got pregnant like you are <laughs> the dumbest person on earth <laughs> that's why we then, love our parents right yeah and then uh but then i had time to shoot a horrible woman wow. which we shot when i was pregnant and then i got some theater after that and while i was doing theater a horrible woman blew up and, well, and I, also, I don't want to gloss over that because your performance in that is like one of the reoccurring themes on this podcast is what separates good acting from great acting. And you were so magnificent in that role. Like, you know, the chemistry and the anti-chemistry between, you know, the couple of times, like you guys just nailed the nuances and, and you know, the love that is there and, and, and the that, you know, we're all scared of being alone and, and settling and not settling and trying to accommodate one another. Mm -hmm. It just, it nails the, the particularities of a relationship and, and how hard it can be to let someone literally move in with you and learn to, to cohabitat together. So yeah. when you got that script, did you know that, I mean, this was this like amazing film or were you just excited to work? No, I was excited to work, man. I was pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, also we'd done a dummy. Is that what it's called? A pilot. Oh, uh, a okay. Yeah. And, 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 yeah. Um, and yeah, it was very, uh, it was a very low budget movie and we were just excited to do it. And it was a very good team. And Christian, the director, he's all about, having fun and he wrote it with his brother based on old uh, diaries. And when I read the script, I was like, I can't play this. No, no one's like this. Like, <laughs> I, you have to like, who's like this. Yeah. And uh, he was like, I've experienced it. 
<laughs> I was wow. like, okay. Um, obviously, it was a mix of many women and all that. But so the material was a lot of fun to work with, and we shot it so quickly. And Anas, who plays Hasmus, is amazing. Yeah, an amazing actor. I, I I remember seeing him on on stage before we even worked together. And when we did the casting together, I was just like, oh, my God, it's him. Like, he is so good. He always stands out on a stage. Yeah. And uh, so he is, you're, on, you're also only as good as, like, the I don't do, that you you're have. done, to, right? You yeah. react to your partner. And so- well, what, one of the things that I love so much about the film, and I think, you know, the title can be a little bit misleading, is that, like, you know, while she is troublesome, but they, they, they both have their faults. She's not this like, you know, you, you that title in America makes you think it's like this evil woman, but it's like they both, they're both damaged. You know what I mean? And, and that's what we are as humans. We're flawed. And, yeah. we tr- and we try to exist together and, you know, like the, the male, female, or, you know, if you're gay or whatever it is, you try to help fill the voids and the vacancies in the other person to elevate them and they elevate you, and it's a, a beautiful sink if it works out well. And that's what I love so much about your character in that, you know, is like there, there was really love there, and I saw that relationship. So when you got all those awards and, and this film took off, was that, was that fun? Was that a fun ride for you? Oh, my God, so fun. So yeah. much fun. Also, I mean, so much fun, and also I had a baby at the time. So it was just like, and I was at the theater every night. And so it was just yeah. a crazy time, actually. Do you feel like because you had Esper, you know, and you had that New York experience, getting back to America was the goal at some point or or not really? Like you just wanted to work? I, um, I mean, it wasn't a goal, but it was definitely a... Um, a dream to try and work with. I think the reason I became an actor was because every time I've watched movies during growing up, I've always been like, Oh, I can do that. Yeah. Yeah. I want to do that. Yeah. Yeah. That looks easy or, you know, or put me in that suit and I'll do it. And so if you have that, that doesn't stop just because you work with it. Obviously there are like, you watch movies and you're like, Oh my God. God, like I just watched. <laughs> that sounds stupid. No, I just, say it. <laughs> I just watched Tenet, and I I cried so much, both because of story, but also just because Christopher Nolan was able to like make the movies he's able to make. Yeah, and not. I mean, and. And that was just so overwhelming that reflect about time and dimensions and maybe I could be your grandmother or the other way around. And I had to go to the bathroom to after cry kind of to be like to grasp that I might not meet him in this lifetime. <laughs> oh, no, you're gonna. You're gonna be the next one. <laughs> just to be like, ah, it might not happen. You know, so there's definitely a want to work with people that wants to say something or show something. 
Yeah. And I want to kind of surrender into their universe, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I totally But that doesn't have to be American. It can come no. from anywhere. Yeah. And 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 when Raised by Wolves came your way, was that something that like seemed like a, a, a solid move for you to do, you know, a new stream? Well, not – HBO has been around for a while, but they're going in the streaming world. And, you know, you have Ridley Scott. Was that, was that something that was exciting to you? Oh, are you – I mean, going from a horrible woman to Ridley Scott. Yeah. <laughs> that was crazy. That was so crazy. Yeah. I think uh, luckily – I didn't have much time to think about what was happening. So it all sort of happened like before I could even grasp what it was doing. And then, um, and then the casting felt really right. Yeah. And so sometimes it's really nice to do a casting because then you sort of know that you have something to offer. If that makes sense. A hundred percent. Yeah. And, uh, and I she's would very have been terrified if I'd just been offered the part out of nowhere. I mean, that would never happen, but I could feel that there was something I connected to Mother in a way that felt good during the casting. Oh, and she's so different than Marie, you know, much more stoic and, and you know, like is hyper-focused on the – parental realities of, of seeing, you know, that, so it, it was just so cool to see you transform from this to that, you know, that's, that's the that's testament of excellence. So much fun about material. You never yeah. know what, when it sort of speaks to you and with good material, it's really, you know, stuff, it comes from like, it comes from the back and you're like, where did that come from? Where did that voice come from? And yeah. even with uh, Strindberg, I played Miss Julie and also so much came with that material. And I think it's also because, I don't know, it's, yeah, when it's just, when it's real, well written, it's all in the pages, yeah. you know? It just has to come out some way. I love that. And, and and as this has grown for you, I'm sure now you're getting probably more of those offers that you mentioned about, or at least interest for you to audition. What what's what's interesting to Amanda now? Like what what attracts you? Is it character? Is it you know working with like a director, or is it an amalgamation of all those things? Um, I've always been like I would love to do something on a horse. <laughs> Interesting. Like a period piece or just a, a horse in general? I don't know where it came from. I where it comes from. I, um, I think now what is interesting, I'm really just uh, curious to see where this takes me. Yeah. I mean, I don't have any – if I'm just doing – Raised by Wolves for the rest of my life. I would be super happy because people are amazing on the show. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I don't have, I mean, there's so many things I would love to do, obviously. Totally. I mean, do you, when the pandemic Um, ends, do you see yourself coming back to America or are you happy to stay in Copenhagen and that's your home? I have a beautiful home here. It doesn't look so beautiful. <laughs> no, I love it. This is the white room. Um, but I don't know. I mean, in this, I'm not right now, but in this day and age, I think 
were able to live many places and still work internationally. Whereas I think I don't necessarily have to move to yeah. the States to work there, but I don't know. We'll see. What's well, you know, what's, what's interesting you right now, what's keeping Amanda inspired throughout all this chaos that the world's going through. You mentioned Christopher wow. Nolan's tenet. So obviously that had an impact on you. I hope to see it soon. It's not in New York yet, sadly. Oh, okay. Well, to be honest, I have to be, right? I yeah. do a lot of uh, personal work. I mean, I think it takes a lot to do 10 episodes of a show. Yeah. And it took me a while to recover from that, not consciously, but subconsciously. You give so much to a project and then... Also, the scale of that production is quite huge, you know? It's quite big, right? Yeah, yeah. And so I think it takes a little while to recover from that. I didn't intentionally set off a whole year of non-working, but it turned out to be like this, and I think it's been very... Uh, useful to sort of just try and be nobody. <laughs> yeah, and reflect. That's yeah. And and for the young, you know, wide-eyed Amandas that are either from Copenhagen or maybe are American and and want to study in a studio, and you know, like you said, they just want to they want to get better at the craft and they they want to learn. Any any words of wisdom or advice you would have for them? Be patient. Patience. I'm trying to teach myself all the time. Yeah. I think we live in such a quick world and people also like, nah, you know, everything has to happen so quick. And, oh, you've done this show. Maybe you can do a movie in between. Like, patience. Like yeah. we have this one experience and then all of a sudden we die. And you could die tomorrow. So just. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Slow down because the gifts are in the little moments, I think. And that's what I always try to remind myself about is we have to remember to live life as well, because life is what we have to give to the screen. Yeah. And so if there's no life lived, there's nothing to give. I think then it's a hollow performance. Maybe not. I mean, I think there are plenty of people that are just, like Ridley said all the time, like never stop working, just like keep going. He has like 12 projects going at the same time. And he's like working all the time. I think that's amazing. And it's not like he's empty. So So I might have a thing or two um, to learn, but right now that's my, um, my advice to myself and to everyone else. Just uh, slow down. And I don't know if you can announce anything, but do you have any idea of what could possibly be next, even if it's Raised by Wolves season two or, you know? or Well, there is a season two coming. It, oh, it is. So that's been announced. Amazing. It's out. Yes. Oh, great. Well, it's uh, official. I'm allowed to say that there is a season Oh, okay, two cool. Okay, yeah, cool, yeah. cool. It's all good. Oh, it's on Instagram. <laughs> okay, cool. Which awesome. Is- a thing, by the way, as well. Yeah, I know good. how we deliver our news now, but that's mm-hmm. amazing. Well, outside of outside of these runs, what else is keeping you upbeat and inspired? You know, final question here. 
Ooh, um, I'm reading a Danish book that I hope will be translated uh, into American as well. Actually, it's a, this woman, she wrote it. Oh, wow. She's on the cover of this magazine. I've, I, it's about motherhood. You should and, buy the rights. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Business. <laughs> I, yeah. like, I want to meet her. I want to yeah. write fan letters to her. Um, but her name is Olga Raun. Olga. And she wrote a very honest um, book about her experience of becoming a mom. And I think it was just so raw and honest that I'd read 30 pages and I was like, <laughs> it's hard becoming a mom. I feel like birth and yes, just like the whole giving birth thing and becoming a parent is so crazy. And then we just, again, with patience, patience or impatience, there's this whole aftermath of just trying to like, be like going back to normal. Yeah. Which is weird because your life has changed and you have changed so it's yeah. a whole new beginning yeah. and i think it's uh it's okay to people are like oh you gave birth and you weren't jeans again <laughs> you know <laughs> that's amazing well what, what's the best way for people to stay in touch with what's up with amanda do you have me, instagram my phone number <laughs> <laughs> um uh no What's the best way to stay in touch with me? Well, is your Instagram public or no? It's okay if it's not. It is public, but I have to say I find it quite um, intimidating to have a channel that is like open directly to me. Yeah. There's yeah. so many good, wonderful, positive, beautiful things that people write. And then there's like one bad and you go, <gasps> I know. It can corrode you, but you have such a beautiful spirit and so much talent. <laughs> Only the amazing things are in store for you. I would, I would love to do this again when season two comes out. I would love to too. I would love to do right. <laughs> Well, and, and we'll talk about you optioning this book then, which yes. I'm, hope, I'm hoping you're going to do. Great idea. But yeah. I, yes, I'm going to call her now. Yeah. <laughs> Amanda Khan, thank you so much for coming on. It means the world to me. Thank you so much for having me. It means the world right. to me. If you like the show, rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening.